Tom Panos, John McGrath, Million Dollar Agent, and John was just showing Troy how it's done before we got on the show. I like the way you've cut Troy's name out already. A week later, he's no longer. It's no longer Tom, John, and Troy. It's just Tom and John. I like that. Oh, John, I've, I've learned that what's going to happen is everyone's on notice on this podcast. Everyone's got to be at the best. <laughs> everyone's replaceable here. And Troy, you did a great performance last week. But we're watching here. We did a we had a great podcast last week where we talked about um, managing stress and yeah. um, having energy. Today sort of runs onto that, John, because if you actually think about it, what we're going to talk about is time management and and ideas and strategies to actually help you do less. Um, to sorry to do more with less. That's yes. the goal to do more with less. And they sort of align when you plan, when you're organised, when you're structured, when you've got a bit of an ideal week, you are less stressed. Yeah, no, that's true. And and for everyone, you know, we talk about 1x to 2x and literally, metaphorically, whatever you like. But if you're doing two sales a month and you want to go to eight, there's no way you're going to do it with your current time management structure or systems in place. So best build capacity so you've got surplus time to do the next six or seven deals. Otherwise, the problem, Tom, is, you know, as we said last week, you start building momentum, you go from two sales a month to four or five, and then you start getting stressed and and your health suffers and your relationships suffer, so then you think, it's not worth it, I'll go back to doing two. Yeah. I think it should be easier to do 12 a month than two, if you're yeah. organised. But you have to be organised, and here's the problem. 90% of people I meet are either disorganised or incredibly disorganised. Yeah. So, which I, I don't kind of understand, because I, so I learnt early on that being organised was a key skill. And if I wanted to get a lot of the things done in my life, and I think there's a lot of important stuff to get done at work and out of work, you need to be organised. So I think this is a really important sort of 15 minutes for the next 15 minutes. Okay. So, John, I think we'll just have a, a nice informal conversation of some of the things that, you know, you think to yourself help you in your own personal organisation. Some of the things that you notice your top real estate agents, the $3 million riders do, that keeps them dollar productive and keeps them making sure that, I mean, a lot of these people, John, that write $3 million versus someone that writes 300000 they're not working 10 times the hours, are they? I mean, it's in fact, the opposite, right. as you and I both know, because you know a lot of top performers around Australia, and we're fortunate some are in this building. Um, they usually work, certainly no less, often, sorry, it's no more, often less than the agents that are doing a quarter of their business, because they get organised. And I think the first tip or idea that I've got, Tom, you have to be prepared to say no. Yeah. Um, if you say no to the things that are not as important or not good business or things you don't like doing, because this is applicable to out of business, your personal life, as well as in business, if you say no to the bad listings, that is the listings that they want to cut you in half in fees, they don't want to pay money for marketing and they're overpriced or some combination of those, that gives you a lot more time and energy to say yes with an exclamation mark to the great listings, the people that see the value, they respect your advice and your recommendations, and you know we're going to sell, and you're going to get the appropriate fee along the way, and you don't have to chase marketing down the track three months later. Well, John, that's gold, because the opposite is, if you say yes to everything, the yeses are then making you say no to other things. So in the ideal world, it would be great to turn around and say, this is the ideal client and business that I'm looking for to be doing, define it, and then aim to accept that kind of business. Gillian um, yeah, McGrath, you know Gillian, yeah. she works on our Northern Beaches team. She said a long time ago to me, she was talking about what she uh, refers to as clean business. 
Yeah. And she said, John, clean business is when I'm getting the appropriate fee, I'm getting a strong marketing campaign paid up front by the vendor, and the vendor's price expectation is aligned at the right level, and the home is well presented. Now, some people say, God, I haven't had a listing like that for three years, but that's your problem and your fault because there are listings like that and you need to make them like that. So you need to have people understand the value you bring. You need to be strong in defending your fees. You need to be a great seller of vendor paid marketing. You need to be instructive and courageous when it comes to teaching someone how to get their home ready for sale. Yeah. Um, and so if you do these things, and Gillian is an incredibly successful agent within our business, um, and, and she just said, you know, John, it's clean business or I don't want to be involved with it. She said, life's too short to be taking on overpriced listings with unmotivated vendors and, and being expected to pay for the marketing. She said, I know I can only get the best price if someone markets it strongly and they need to pay for that. I'll contribute my time, my effort, my expertise, my contacts, but that sort of stuff. So I think saying no to the wrong business, and I talked before, Tommy, about outside of business. So let's say at home, you need to work out what are the events, the people, the networks, the activities that you want to do, mm-hmm. and you need to be comfortable saying no to the things you don't. And there are some people, they go to the opening of an envelope at night, they're here, they're there, they're stressing themselves out, they're running around town trying to make everyone else happy except themselves and yeah. the ones that matter, which is their family. Yeah. And and I, you know, I just found out long ago that that's not the right way to run a business or a life. So you need to say, this is important to me, this is important to me, this is important to me, everything else. If I decide I might want to do it, I might not, but I'm not going to run around trying to please everyone else. So very well, important. One, John, it's interesting with the uh, social functions, and I'll talk about those briefly now because there's going to be a plethora of those over the next month or two. Yeah. And I think that many times real estate agents say yes to other people, but they're saying no to themselves. And you've got to be very careful about that. Um, the other thing I notice, John, is with social events, a lot of people actually go to them. And I notice that one or two hours into it, many of these people don't want to be there anyway. Yeah. And what actually happens is what got them there in the first place is that thinking they'd miss out on something if they weren't there. But in reality, it's a pretty predictable format on what's going to happen. Usually there'll be, you know, some conversations, there'll be some alcohol, and and then some people will have the discipline to actually call it a night. Others will actually, you know, plan to have gone home earlier, but two or three drinks later becomes ten drinks, and then that destroys the day after. So I think you've, you've... become very clean in your mind about where you'll spend time yeah. and well, what you'll do I've outside avoid, of work. You know, most people that know me quite well um, know that I've avoided those type of social interactions because it's just not my, it's not a pleasure for me. I find going to work a pleasure. I find hanging out with some really close friends and doing things that we love doing, going to a nice restaurant for dinner or a movie or a long walk after work. That For me, that's all pleasurable activity. If someone says to me, we've got a cocktail function, from 8 till 10, I'll run a mile. Yeah. But actually, I won't run a mile. I'll just say, th- thanks very much, but I can't attend. Yeah. And, and I don't feel guilty about it. Has it cost me business? I'm sure there's been a few listings over the years that I would have got if I'd attended some of those functions. But I'm okay with that because I'm living the life that I want to live, and it gives me energy the next day to get the business that I do want to get. So I think you've got to be comfortable with that. So that would be kind of the first one for me. One of the one of the very basic old-fashioned things, Tom, but still a lot of people fail, is having a to-do list. Yeah. And, and having a to-do list before you leave work rather than tomorrow morning thinking about what are the key things I need to do and then spending the first half an hour thinking about that. So I encourage my team, work out what are your most important tasks for the next day, writing them down before you leave the office, 
and then you let your subconscious mind dwell on them overnight and that doesn't keep you up, it's actually restful. But you'll find the number of things that you think of leading up to those events or even issues you might have to resolve tomorrow, your subconscious mind is incredibly powerful. So it's a little bit like a compass. If you set it in the right direction, you say, right, tomorrow morning these are my five most important meetings, tasks, activities, outcomes, you know that. So then you come to work the next morning and your day's already started. So you're ringing on the phone on the way in, you arrive, you're making your first few calls, your most important calls. It's, it's a really are good Are you one. a handwritten to-do list person or are you someone that enters things on computers? Or so to, Calendar is, is electronic. I yeah. still obviously, like most people, use that. But for my to-do list, and I've tried different apps and I've tried electronic methods, I generally find that a written to-do list works really well for me. And I actually like the whole process of striking it out. It kind of feels... Feels so do you have, a, you have a diary of some description Correct. or you just write it on I've a I've got a little compendium and, and it's got my to-do list and I've got a few little areas on it. So I've got a thing on my to-do list or part of my diary called my due from others or comeback file, CBFDFO. So that means if I delegate a, a task to Troy, I'll pop that down there. So just in case Troy forgets it, well, then it's kind of there. Or I can ring him up in two days and say, Troy, how are you going on that project? So that kind of also, when I delegate something, because I think one of your tips is, is around delegating to people things that other people can do just as efficiently. So when I delegate that, at least there's a little place for my mind to know that that's captured and it's not going to fall through the cracks. Yeah, well, on that issue, John, I think that I notice good people, um, they outsource their weakness and they work their strengths, yeah. but they don't ignore their weakness. They know that certain parts of the job need to get done. Like, we know that capturing people's details and putting them into a database is an important function of real estate, yet the majority of real estate agents would rather just go to a listing presentation, wrap up a sale, convince someone that they should list with them, but they won't actually go through the process of putting that person in a database, have a stay in contact strategy for the next nine months, and then maybe actually list them when that person's ready. So what we clearly know is having the ability for someone to do that task for you, if you're not going to be doing it, is an important part of having good time management. So for me, delegating and having a good PA. But one of the things that you talked about just before was about having a clear to-do list. And I can't help the great guy that you got to come and speak at Mastery this year that Rupert Murdoch spoke at, Paul Cave, that Mm -hmm. um, he was... Bridge uh, Climb. He he founded the Bridge Climb. Now, John, I remember um, that Paul Cave said that one of his strategies, and he's a very successful person. John, he sits on a number of dominoes, isn't he? Dominoes, um, Dick Smith, and, of course, founder and and, uh, chairman of the Bridge Climb. Okay, so one of the things, John, he talked about is when he's shaving and looking in the mirror, he's clearly working out in his head three things that are critical things that need to get done. Not 150 things, not 10 things, but three things. Three most important tasks or outcomes for the day. Yeah. And And I think he said, I won't go to sleep until they're done, and they're the things that I focus on all day long, and I just make sure those three things. And a lot of people say, oh, well, that's not enough. I have to do a lot more than three. You'd be surprised if you just boiled it down to the three most critical outcomes, phone calls, meetings for the day, and did them, and did them really well, you'd find that everything else you didn't get to do is probably not that relevant. Yeah, yeah. I think Robin Sharma, 
who we've had speak at Arik before, MIT refers them to most important tasks, tasks right? Yeah. And um, I, I, John, I, I actually like you know when you I know what they call it acronyms or I, I like it. It really reinforces you know important concepts and points that people can develop. And I think that's a I think that's a great one. I think whether it's three or five MITs because I think the majority of real estate agents when they say oh I want to get really organised, what they do is they pull out their diary and they write out twenty one things and they're really super pumped. And then um, that day while they're feeling good, they might actually get through a list and then they. Be become overwhelmed because they don't finish that list. But in reality, successful people seem to stay at a decent, you know, process-driven business, not an energy-driven business, and they don't overwhelm themselves. Um, in fact, what they do is they intelligently do um, less with more, you know? Yeah. And, and you're Paul Did I say that right? Less with more or more with less? I think I should have said They more do with, more with less. More with less. I think we knew. No, we knew what you're talking about, and yeah. I agree with you. Um, no, Paul is a great... He's a great example of someone that gets a lot of stuff done by doing not too many things, but he does the right things. And it's really choosing what are the most important tasks. As you've always, to John, you've always been uh, big on the ideal week, and the ideal week is pretty much about bunching activities that need to get done in a, I think the term you use is routine will set you free. Yeah, so I'll just explain. Most people have heard us talk about this, and yet still many people don't use it. So the idea or concept of an ideal week is what you need to work out is what are the four, five, six or seven most important regular activities in your life. Starting with things like exercise and date night and picking your kids up from school because they're the really important things. But then as we boil it, boil it down into work activities, it could be ringing your vendors daily, preparing for your day's appointments, um, getting ready for open for inspections, buyer meetings and so forth. And putting those into, let, let's call it a, uh, an empty diary to start with. So if you just say, okay, we're now getting towards the end of the year, if you go forward to February and said, okay, for the first month, I'm going to put in the appointments that are most important. So I'm going to put in an hour prospecting a day, an hour exercising a day, half an hour ringing all my vendors every day. And if you did that, and then everything else that happens, so all the other appointments that come up in real time, you slot those in between. But you do the most important task routinely and regularly in a disciplined fashion. And Matty LaHood, who's our sales director, as you know, he was talking the other day about treating prospecting like you would treat an open for inspection. Yeah. You're not going to say to an open for inspection vendor, look, a couple of things have come up, so I might not get there today to the open. Of course, yeah. that would be crazy. And yet people do that with prospecting all the time. They say, okay, 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. prospecting, and then something comes up, and they're out the door, so there's an hour of prospecting just gone. And yet that hour of prospecting could have earned them two or three listings in a month's time. So it's about putting in place the things that are going to grow your business and then allowing everything else to sift through there and be somewhere else in your diary. So, so John, the beauty of real estate practice is the patterns are predictable. I mean, you know when you've got your opens, you know when you'll have your buyer meetings, you know when you can have your vendor meetings, you can actually control a lot of your prospecting activities. So they are in fact things that you can actually schedule into your diary and what gets scheduled gets done. So it's great knowing that you actually can be the CEO of your diary. Um, whereas, you know, I know that for someone that works in a corporate world, the reality is whether it was Julian Clark, the CEO, or whether it's Rupert Murdoch, they will take precedence over your diary when they need something. Yeah. Whereas with a real estate person, you are self-employed in the business and you can actually create your own diary and your own schedule. Yeah, look, I think, Tom, you know, as we sort of summarise this subject a bit, I think that most people are operating at about 20, 25% their time capacity. Yeah. 
um, and they could increase what they do in a week four to five times if they just got organised. If they said no to things that actually are not that important or they don't like. So by the way, it could be an external activity. If you like doing it, whatever it is, do it if it gives you pleasure and relaxes you and so forth. But if you don't, and we talked about cocktail functions before, if you like them, go to them. If you don't, don't. Don't think you have to. Then having a, a system. And the other thing is, you know, I'd like to mention before we finish is checklists. Yeah. I love using checklists for everything. You know, whether it's getting ready for an open for inspection, do an auction, giving a speech, whatever it is. Because you're right, these things just reoccur and reoccur. So, you know, you and I give a number of presentations. We need to have a system to make sure that everything just runs smoothly yeah. rather than thinking, God, I've got a speech tomorrow, I've got an open for inspection or an auction tomorrow, what should I do? Well, you've done 100 before, why don't you just have a best practice and make sure you do that? So I think if you can combine an ideal week with a daily to-do list and you have checklists um, and you have a morning ritual of things that get your day started properly, you know, you're going to be amongst the one, top 1% time managers in the world. Beautiful. Gold, John, thank you once again. And as I came into the office today, Troy told me we're over 300,000 downloads. Fantastic. Which is fantastic. So 300,000 times. How people many people have we got, Troy, uh, subscribing? Uh, they download, individual downloads. So and what have we got, 6,000 people? 6,000 on average per episode. Per well, episode. That's so they not just enough, Tom. Tom. I no. think Troy's lagging behind. Well, I think we need to, I think we need to have we a... We might uh, have to put his job out to tender. I would have thought by now, Australia, New Zealand, there's got to be 50,000 agents out there, and Troy can only come up with getting uh, 10% well, registered. We're taking applications. Anyone, Apple. submit them to Tom Troy. at tompanos.com. Well, Have well, a there was, there was an auctioneer. <laughs> we'll talk a, privately offline, Tom. Johnny, there was an auctioneer <laughs> on a current affair that did an auction in Asia two weeks ago. I don't know whether you saw the no, uh, thing. It. They were in Melbourne trying to uh, get cut through in the Asian market. So he conducted the auction in, um, in Asian as well as in English. Oh, really? Okay. Right. So... Um, I'm, you know, whether if we if we need to hit the Greek market, I will consider uh, doing the Greek version of each podcast. I don't know I how like many that. real estate agents um, are out there. We've got great talent there. We've got uh, Matt LaHood that uh, can Matt LaHood speak Lebanese or is he? Oh, we, we call speak, him a, I can speak more Lebanese than Matt LaHood. Okay, so, <laughs> he speaks nothing Lebanese, okay. so uh, he does look Lebanese, but he certainly doesn't speak it. So uh, we don't go any well there. But look, in some people's worlds, Tom. Troy's 9% cut through of agents onto, onto our million dollar listing would be considered quite good. But in our world, I'm thinking that means that 90% of the community of real estate agents in Australia and New Zealand are not listening to us. So anyway, when it comes around to bonus time, we'll think about all these things. We'll contemplate these things. And Troy, we may see you next week. Amazing. Let's we've, had a, we've had a podcast, we've had a job review, and we've <laughs> predicted the future for the next 12 Let's months. Let's just see. All right. For, for everyone else listening, though, we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Thank see you. you soon, guys. See, see you. you. See you. Bye.